Welcome back, everyone. I know it's been a while. It's been such a crazy month for me. Um, and the TIFF Festival, unfortunately, um, ended last week. Uh, and it was just the craziest 10 days I've ever experienced in my life. So starting with my first movie, which was Loro, and that was directed by Paolo Sorrentino. Um, and Tony Servillo played Silvio Berlusconi. So the reason why I chose this was because first, Paolo Sorrentino is such a great director. Um, and second, this film was originally split into two parts. So that's a total of like four hours. So he literally had to edit it down to like two hours and 30 minutes. So it was a very long movie. It was a 9 a.m. screening and it was the first one. It was a foreign language film, 9 a.m. subtitles. So it was really crazy to start off with that one. Uh, but it was really good. He always delivers. The colors in the film were beautiful. They're so vivid and he really just works in the music too. So the story just flows with uh, the score and he chooses such wicked songs for the soundtrack. Everyone was great, the cast was lovely. Um, it reminded me kind of of like the Italian Wolf of Wall Street. So I guess you guys can kind of imagine how it was. It was really crazy, it was fast paced. Um, there was so much information being thrown at you. It was really well done, I loved it. Thought it was great. It was a tad bit long. Um, and thankfully, I didn't have a screening right after because at first I had Vox Lux with Natalie Portman lined up at 12.30 and Loto finished at 11.30. But since they let us in late, the screening and the Q&A ran until 12.15. So there was no way I could have made it. So I'm really happy I made that decision. So later on that day, I had a screening of Monsters and Men. I was so excited for this movie because it was Ronaldo Marcus Green's first film. It was uh, his directorial debut. And it was such a strong movie to open with. For like the first film in your filmography, it was such a strong political statement. And it just showed the corruption in the police force in the United States. But what I loved about it, which was so different, I know all films have like a three-part structure, but this three-part structure had three different characters um, leading the beginning of the act uh, with three different perceptions of how to handle a situation and how we all handle situations so it was from different perspectives it was from a cop's perspective it was from an innocent bystander's perspective and it was from a young child's perspective it was a very powerful movie and he actually sent a letter to the moderator at tiff so she read it out loud ahead of time and one thing that stuck out to me was that he said I don't care if you love this movie, I don't care if you hate it, I just want to start a conversation because he actually had this conversation with a friend of his who was a cop and you saw both sides. So I really respect him for showing both sides. Um, and at the end of the film, he actually got a standing ovation, which was amazing for a directorial debut. So I was really proud of him. I actually, I wrote my review the day after because uh, everything was just so crazy. So I wrote my review the day after and he ended up reading it, which was completely awesome. So Monsters and Men was my first favorite of the festival. I really hope it does 
come to uh, a local theater. I really do feel like everyone needs to see this movie. It's that important. It just creates a conversation. So it's good to talk about these things, especially, you know, how corrupt the police force is and, and how much social media impacts our, you know, our daily routine. So it's really great. It was very well done. I loved it. Next on Sunday at 9 a.m., I had uh, the pleasure of watching Ben is Back, uh, directed by Peter Hedges, starring Lucas Hedges and Julia Roberts. This movie is my favorite film uh, from TIFF. This is my favorite. Ben is Back is a, you know, it's about a drug addict coming back home and you see what he goes through and what everyone else around him goes through in a 24 hour time span. And I don't think you, you really see that a lot. You don't see how hard it is for someone suffering from an addiction by the hour. So it was like an hour breakdown I and mean, how much it affected everyone around him. So it was really well done. And Julia Roberts is extraordinary in this. And Lucas Hedges was so, so good. This is like the best film that I've seen from him. I thought he played an excellent part. And like, I loved him in Manchester by the Sea, but this was just next level for him. I thought it was a really good character piece for Lucas. And it was really awesome that he got to work with his dad. So afterwards, Peter Hedges came out and he explained why he did it in a 24 hour time frame. And the ending, I won't give away. So I can't really talk about it, but please go watch Ben is Back. The 24 hour time frame has to do with the ending of the film and it was very powerful and it explains the title of the film as well. So I thought it was really well done. That's all I can say without giving it away, but he did a great job. The script is really morbid as it should be. It's such a dark topic to cover, but he showed every single aspect of it, the good and the bad. The good being, you know, just the support from your family members, no matter how difficult it can be because tough love really does help. And then the bad of just going down the road of a drug addict. So I'm really excited for Lucas Hedges and Julia Roberts. I'm praying that that's what they run with for the Oscar campaign because um, Boy Erased kind of disappointed me, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Monday was a really interesting day for me. Because I'm a journalism student, we had an excellent opportunity to do a press junket for the film Corporate Prey. It was looking for distribution at TIFF, and it's set in a dystopian future, and it's about one corporation that controls uh, most of the world through genetic mods, food, and drugs. So it's really cool to actually um, conduct a press junket. I've never done a press junket and I felt really in my element. It was such an exciting thing. So I, I did that on that Monday and I was at the Intercontinental Hotel. So it was kind of wild because they had all, I guess the press junkets there or whatever. And the amount of actors that I saw walking in and out of that hotel was like ridiculous. So I, it was like the highlight of my week just doing that and being able to work it. It was a lot of fun. Um, and I met Jason Sudeikis, which was amazing. My best friend and I have loved him since, you know, he was on SNL. So it was really awesome to be able to take a picture with him and talk to him. It was really nice. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was a good day. Moving on to Boy Erased. Now, Boy Erased was my most anticipated film um, at the festival. I would have cried if I didn't get those tickets. I really wanted to see it because I like Lucas. I really think he's a very 
underappreciated actor, especially alongside Timothy Chalamet. They both kind of came up at the same time. And I'm not saying I don't like Timmy. I think Timothy Chalamet is great. I just couldn't get tickets for Beautiful Boy because, you know, they were off sale. So Boy Erased is directed by Joel Edgerton and he adapted a memoir, which is always difficult because you want to get the person's life uh, right. So the issue with Boy Erased was that the content was all there, but the script and the story were so bland. The dramatization of this man's life was just very episodic um, and it was like this happened to him and this happened to him and this happened to him but we're never going to talk about how he's feeling he ha he went through some traumatic moments and he only focused on everyone around him was kind of like reacting to what was happening and i kind of forgot that he was the lead actor which you you don't normally do because he's your lead so it should be centered around him and i understand that it was uh, based off of you know this man's life but you just had so much to work with it's so much content and what really pissed me off the most was that you had this subject matter about you know conversion therapy it was one of the most brutal things that is happening in the united states and you chose to downplay everything in my eyes if you're going to do a film with that kind of subject matter then you do it right or you don't do it at all i feel like he really just showed it for face value i just feel like he needed to show it a bit more in order to make some kind of impact. I didn't really feel anything after the film. I was really just disappointed. I was like, oh, okay, that was it. It didn't explore anything. They would bring something up and then they would never talk about it again. So there were so many different stories from these characters that you saw, they brought it up, but then it was dropped in two seconds. So it's, it's a, you know, it's frustrating because you want to see all these characters' backstories because they're all going through something different. It's different if you just, you know, tell their stories. Like, you want to know why. So I think that he should have just gone in deeper um, in order to raise awareness for what's happening because it's still happening. Even if this happened in the 90s or the 80s, it's still relevant. It's still happening. You putting an end credit with information about conversion therapy and about you know these lgbtqa plus um homes um and just trying to get like hotline numbers out and this and that like that's not enough that's not enough you as a director had the opportunity to really show what was happening and make it powerful and make an impact and you chose to play it safe don't get me wrong, I cried, I got emotional, I got angry throughout the film, but I just felt like it was just for shock value and it wasn't, you know, gripping me emotionally for some reason. I don't know what it was. There were certain scenes where like I couldn't watch and it, it hurt to watch, but then afterwards he would just drop the trauma, like they wouldn't discuss it and that pissed me off even more. So it, it got me annoyed and frustrated for different reasons. It was more of like the technical aspects of the film than the actual content of the film. So I just wish that Joel did something different with it. Instead, like he really played it safe and it was really just bland for me. And you had like, you had Nicole Kidman and Russell Crowe who were fantastic, but at the same time, it's like they didn't go anywhere. There weren't scenes where I was like, oh my god, this like this dialogue, this exchange is like Oscar worthy. I didn't say that about the entire film. Like throughout the entire film, I'm like, okay, I cried. 
was like, oh, all right, it's emotional, you know, for different, you know, for different reasons for different people. It's really hard to sit there and watch these things happen because you know that it's real, like it does happen in real life. But at the same time, like it wasn't enough dramatically for me. And I don't know if that makes me a bad person, but if you're making a film um, about conversion therapy, then like you need to show it a bit more. I need to show the effects and the trauma you need to show it, especially if you're making a film. I just wish that Joel did more with this in order to raise awareness and show people that it's still happening. I just think that he could have done way more and like given like Lucas some more content and Nicole some more content and Russell some more content. Moving on, um, I managed to squeeze in A Simple Favor by Paul Feig with Blake Lively, um, Henry Golding, and Anna Kendrick. That movie was wicked. It was so much fun. I loved every single second of it. And like, I'm, you know, I'm a sucker for a good thriller. So it was really good. It was really funny. It was more of like a whodunit, which, you know, it's hard to do on screen sometimes. And like, they did it with such finesse. It, it felt like it was aesthetically pleasing to watch. And I hate using that, but like it was. And Blake and with Anna was just, oh my God, it was dynamite their chemistry. It was a lot of fun. It was just a fun thriller. And you don't normally like, you don't say that. No one says it's a fun thriller, but Paul Feig has that like knack to bring these comedic elements to, you know, to spy films and, and to like action movies like Ghostbusters and, and Spy. So I, I was really impressed with this, especially because it was adapted screenplay. So I was really impressed with what he did. And, you know, he's racking up such a great filmography. So yeah, go watch A Simple Favor. It's in theaters. Go watch it. It's a lot of fun. It's so much fun. I really, like, I highly recommend it. So I was really happy I squeezed that in with my best friend. It was great. And then on Friday, I got the chance to watch Mid-90s. And the thing I loved about Mid-90s was the nostalgia. Um, it was the historical accuracy. And Jonah, um, Jonah Hill behind the camera felt like a seasoned director and it was his first time out. So his directorial debut, and he made some really different choices. I really loved what he did with it. And what I found uh, the most pleasing was that he really captured the type of male friendship that you don't really see on screen. It was more of like a family unit. Like they all came together, you know, once a day, the entire day maybe, uh, and they would skate they would talk about you know their lives and what they want to do in the future and what they're doing right now and they all want to better themselves to get out of you know the city they're living in so i think it's it's really important to just sit and watch this film especially for young boys it's a great coming of age film there were some questionable moments where i was like jonah why would you why would you write this into the film? Like, what are you doing? And then he would correct himself constantly. So I thought that was really fresh. It was really good. Uh, it was just a strong directorial debut. I can't really, you know, I can't really say much about it, but I really do think that you guys should go watch it. And just to even like support Jonah, it was really well done. I thought he was great. I thought the kids were great. Lucas Hedges is also in mid nineties as the older brother. So like I ended up watching all three films that he was in and he didn't even show up cause he was filming. 
So yeah, Lucas, if you ever listen to this, man, like I literally supported you throughout this festival and you didn't show up. So that was great. Uh, he's not going to listen to this. There's, yeah, what the hell? So on Saturday, my best friend who loves Kristen Stewart came with me to the red carpet premiere for Jeremiah at Terminator Leroy. So we waited there for like seven hours, eight hours, seven hours. It was a very long day. Uh, but yeah, we got to see Kristen Stewart. She's so beautiful. What a babe. Um, she was really cool. She took a picture with us. We met the Queen Laura Dern, who was like ridiculously beautiful. And she's such a great actor. We saw Justin Kelly. Um, it was such a cute red carpet. I had a lot of fun. It was the only red carpet that I did um, the entire festival. I actually walked past the stars, the, uh, the red carpet for Stars Born and I turned right back. I said, I'm not doing this. It was absolutely insane, that red carpet. And I wasn't gonna wait there from like 6 a.m. to see her, which apparently I think that she, like, she didn't even sign for anybody. Not that it's a big deal, but whatever. Um, and then the day after, uh, after the red carpet, we actually watched Jeremiah Terminator Leroy and I've never done a closing gala. So that was a first for me as well. The movie was so well done. It was so obscure uh because the story is obscure it's a true story it's just it's so nuts so i was really happy that justin kelly you know chose to do this film because it's all based on identity and how you perceive yourself in the public eye you know do you show someone your true self or do you put on a character so i thought that was really interesting especially uh given the ties to how people um, take on fame and how they deal with fame. So it's a true story. Jeremiah Terminator Leroy is a pen name that author Laura Albert uh, used instead of her own. So she conjured up this character um, and she wrote books and like bestsellers. And then at one point they wanted to adapt um, one of her books into a film. So she needed a face to JT Leroy, which is Kristen Stewart. She plays Savannah Noop. So it was just, it was really interesting. Um, the intertext was really pretty. The fonts were beautiful. The colors were beautiful. Um, the editing was really well done. Um, and the script was so interesting. And it's so easy to keep track of everything because of the way that Justin decided to break it down. Um, it was really cool. It was such a good film, such a strong film. So I'm really happy that uh, I chose that one, you know, to end it off. Uh, every single film that I watched, I learned so much and, you know, it was just a diverse lineup for me. I thought it was really different from what I've done in previous years. So I'm happy that I chose, you know, the smaller films to put some focus on. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then I found out on Sunday that Green Book had won the People's Choice Awards, the Girls' People's Choice Awards. So that kind of floored me. I mean, I heard that it got a standing ovation, which is amazing for Mahershala Ali and Viggo Mortensen. I just, I honestly didn't expect that to even happen. Um, it, it looked like a good movie, but I didn't think it was gonna 
you know, be in the Oscar race and now it's possibly in the Oscar race, which is amazing. Considering that like Widow's First Man and A Star Is Born got the most buzz at the festival and then Green Book comes out of nowhere winning was really um, refreshing. It was very surprising. So it is in the Oscar race. Naturally, if Beale Street Could Talk um, came as a runner up and I called that one being at least in the top three. So I'm really happy for Barry Jenkins because he's also in the Oscar race now. I mean, he was always in the Oscar race. The second I heard that he had a film coming out, you know, at TIFF, I was just over the moon excited because I loved Moonlight so much. So I'm really excited to watch this one. I believe it comes out the end of November. And Roma from Alfonso Cuaron, I knew that um, he was going to also place in the top three because they were raving about it. It had like nine to ten screenings at TIFF. Um, and it is Alfonso Cuaron, so they actually placed... Um, this film for foreign language film they put the nomination in so hopefully you know he gets that Roma is actually um, going to be released on Netflix Netflix is still trying to decide if it's going to get a theatrical uh, release or not so we'll be looking into that um, all in all I had a fantastic time at TIFF it's different every year as I said before in the earlier podcasts um it's just a lot of fun so i hope that next year you all get a chance to head down there and try to watch as many films as you can really it was really fun so next up a star is born is coming out on october 5th so i'm i'm you know i have my heart set on watching it i really hope i end up watching it uh it's been marked down venom also comes out october 5th so you're gonna really see a huge huge divide at the movie theater that weekend so we'll see what happens i have to go watch both of them that weekend so thanks for tuning in everyone i also recently started a new blog under the same podcast name candid cinema and the link will be posted below so please follow along on my wordpress twitter and instagram for more movie updates my name is amanda santino and keep watching movies